Welcome back to the Crossings Podcast. You're listening to a special four-part series of sermons that was originally delivered at The Forge, our church's men's retreat, in early February 2023. This sermon is from Chris Tedder, and it is part one of four in this special series. Please enjoy. I feel sorry for y'all up here because I do spit, so... <laughs> How many of y'all excited to be here? Yeah. Well, a few of us. So, uh, I tell you, I don't know how many of y'all knew Brother Billy, but one of his famous quotes is, "I'll, I'll do y'all like, or I tell y'all like Elizabeth Taylor told her seventh husband, I won't keep you long." So, but anyway, uh, uh, on Forge, we always talk about becoming a man, and I vividly remember my man moment when I was told. I was, you know, I wasn't told I was a man, but I felt like I was. But, you know, I worked for my dad, and, uh, you know, something would tear up. You'd blow a hose, whatever. I'd go up there, and, boy, he'd, oh, I can't believe you tore it up. Boy, he'd chew me up one side and down the other. One day, I tore something up, and I made a long walk out shop. Dad, such and such broke. He said, oh, yeah, when you work in everyday, stuff happens. And it's like, what? Where's this been my whole life? And that, that was my moment where I'm like, I finally proved myself to him. I'm a man. You know, I don't know, I was 30-something. But, <laughs> but anyway, that's, that's what it is. But, uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm glad to be here, and, and I have a heart for Forge and, and for men, and we're going to jump into that here in a little bit. But two sun, three Sundays ago, Victor talked about uh, Isaiah 43, 19, and it says, uh, See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the uh, wasteland. And this is, this is my story of the path through the wilderness. And, you know, like Victor talked about the other day, you think about him making a path, it's a dozer. I'm here to tell you it's a trail, and it goes up the mountain and down and around through gullies. It's not easy. It, it is tough. But, uh, but anyway, uh, I'm going to talk about my dad. I loved him. He, uh, my grandparents wasn't Christian, so when after him, mom got married later on in life. He got, they got married. He got saved, and matter of fact, he got baptized in Mena Lake one January day at the boat ramp. You know, anyway, the Lord saved him, and you know, fast forward a few years. I can remember as a kid, we didn't have, we had a TV, and we had Channel Five and Channel Nine. You kids don't know what that's like, but we had the antenna, or the antenna was a piece of TV cord cut in half. And we had one end nailed over here and one end nailed over here. And there one day I got on one ladder and my brother Greg got on the other and we moved it till he got the signal he wanted. So that was our TV. But anyway, I can vividly remember all the time I'd come downstairs. Dad'd be sitting in his chair, had his Bible out, reading it, studying it. And he taught Sunday school there at Union Mission. Real good Sunday school teacher. And anyway, he was in the Word and uh, doing good and had several couples they hung out with all the time. And, uh, and he was doing good. And then uh, the, his couples that he hung out with slowly moved off. Mr. Phelps took a job in Wyoming. Danny Hale retired and went to Town. Brother Billy retired. And Joey took his place and Joey went home to California. And the ones that he was hanging out with that was good influence on him disappeared. And uh, 
erosion started to set in, just, just slow, you know, just a little here, a little there. And I worked with him, him and my Uncle Bob, every day. And I seen it, but I never did, you know, say nothing about it to him. You know, we never talked about feelings or nothing. It was just mainly work, funny stuff, things like that. So we never, you know, I seen it, a little here, a little there. And uh, he just slowly went to drifting. And uh, anyway, it, it and, and I apologize to some of you dads with kids because I'm liable to say some stuff that y'all are going to have to explain after a while. But anyway, just, right. just be ready. But, uh, but anyway, he had several sayings, and one is I'm going to, I'm giving you one wedding and one funeral. That's all I'm going to. He said that all the time, but I always told him, I said, if there's a second funeral, I'm going because if they got down the casket once, I'm going to be there a second time, <laughs> see, if, see if it happens again, you know. And then another saying he had was how many men have screwed up and lost their minds over a patch of hair that big around, you know. And that's something he said on a, you know, I heard him say it a bunch. But anyway, as this erosion set in, you know, he got him a computer and uh, found porn. And then the porn led to a girlfriend. And uh, anyway, we'll just refer to her as the hoe. She'll come in several different times in the story here. But anyway... Uh, he found him a girlfriend, and which, you know, this is, this is going to be after like 2010, 2011, because it was after he turned 50, because his dad died at 50, and he always said, once I get 50, he said, it's all borrowed time from then. And uh, anyway, I kind of feel the same way, because dad was 50, or dad was 59 when he died, his dad was 50, his dad was 55, and his mom was 57, all heart attacks. So anyway, here I come, Lord. <laughs> so... And I'm not worried about it. If, if I don't walk out of here tonight, I'm not worried about it because I know where I'm going. And, and if you're afraid of death, when you need to talk with somebody afterwards. But, uh, but anyway, he always, when he turned 50, he kind of went, got goofy. And uh, anyway, in, uh, in seven, December of 17, mom finally put all the pieces together and got, caught him red-handed and kicked him out. And... Uh, I remember she called me and Greg up, and she talked with us, told us what had happened. And, and I had seen it from a, you know, I'd seen some signs, but no, nothing concrete. And then, you know, she confirmed it, and she kicked him out. And anyway, it was pretty rough, and we standing there with Mom. And then he come back, and they, they was going to work it out, do counseling and all that. And then uh, the day before Father's Day of 18, uh, no, of 19, of 18, yep, uh, mom caught him, or the husband of the hoe caught them, and then they booted him out again, but I'm going to back up a little more, I'm going to back up, after he got kicked out, the next, end of January was the first big forge, not just Victor with his small group, and I thought, I'm, you know, not, I don't want to go to forge, I've got peewee ball games, junk like that, I'm not going to go, well, Victor comes up to me, Sunday before, he said, I just want to let you know somebody paid your way to Forge. I'm like, well, if somebody paid my way, I'm going to go, you know, hate from lose their money. And I just got to come like Friday night. Then we had peewee stuff all day Saturday, and then I come Sunday. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, you know, I just felt that small whisper in my spirit that said, take hold of this. And, uh, and anyway, and it's, we're, dad's back at home, and we're working through it, but it just, take hold of this. And, then, and this is where my heart for Forge come in. And uh, anyway, then 
We'll fast forward, and like I said, it, day, the Friday before Father's Day, he gets kicked down again. And uh, anyway, it's for good. This time he's kicked out, and I'm with mom, you know, helping mom get through all this. And uh, anyway, I didn't know what I was going to do, and I worked with dad, and I didn't want to be around him. I didn't want to, uh, you know, used to at break and lunch, I'd go down there and visit with him and Bob. And anyway, I got to where if he was down in the office, I want to go down there. When he'd leave for lunch, I'd go visit with Bob. And then when I seen him coming, I'd go back to work. And I thought, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to work with him. And uh, I was on my loader early one morning before daylight, working away. And uh, anyway, he, uh, the, I, I just felt this whisper that said, be still. And anyway, I thought on it, and it just said, be still. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll do that. And, uh, and I don't remember if it was that night or another night. Shortly after that, I went home and I told Twan, I said, I think we're supposed to be still. And anyway, she said, well, this is the scripture I was given this morning. And it's 2 Chronicles 20, 15 through 17. And uh, Victor preached on this two Sundays ago. But it's, do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. The battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up the pass of Ziz. And you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert, Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. And that was the scripture that Twana was given. So we both, we knew we had to be still and stay there. The Lord was going to fight it. And just like the song, through all this whole thing, all we did was praise him. All we did was worship. You know, I wanted so bad to go talk to dad, just get a hold of him. And I didn't. I just kept praying and kept praying. And, uh, and I'm, not, I'm not a standstill kind of person. I'm a, I like to go and do. And I'm, the, the, about the only time I can be still is when I'm fishing. I can slow down and I can fish. But other than that, if you know me, I'm a little ADD. But yeah. Hyperactive, but but I just I stayed still, and we we worked through it, and uh, we stood with mom, and and you know me and me and my brother we took our stand. We're going to stand with mom. We're going to stand on the word, and that's what we did. So we was just being still in the word, and we was working through it, and uh, and then in uh, January, uh, the divorce was final, and uh, and we me and Twan had just been praying, open doors, Lord. Just give us an open door. It's all we want. And uh, anyway, uh, he did because I didn't know on our business if I could ever buy him out. You know, if it's too much, we're just going to have to sell and go on. Well, when it come down to it, he shot a price and said, pay me out till I'm 65 so I can just retire. And it was, it was, you know, it was our open door. It was obvious. This is what the Lord wants me to do. So we was, we was still like we were supposed to be. I could have run year and a half before that, but I stood still, and then he opened the door, and I'm still there now, and then right after the divorce, uh, my wife come on, and she went to helping, uh, she went to being her secretary, and doing all that, and we get, now we get to work together every day, so I get to boss her around, <laughs> if you believe that, so, but, uh, but, he, but anyway, he opened that door, and we was working together, and then slowly, but surely, dad would come one morning, he'd just pull up, 
He said, oh, I need some buckets to burn. So we'd load up some empty buckets or something for him to burn. We'd visit five, ten minutes, give a hug, love you, Dad. He'd be gone. This went on for a while. And then uh, his birthday, April 30th of 19, uh, the hoe asked him, she said, what do you want for your birthday? And uh, he thought about it just a second. He looked at her. He said, I want you to get your out of my house, take your, and get the hell out of here. And, and that was the day he finally realized, I need to do something different. And he kicked her butt out and started working his way back. You know, and, uh, and over time, you know, that was April 30th, and him and mom met the next Sunday and visited. And uh, he said, I'm done with that. I'm changing we're going to try this again. And uh, so they started dating again, and, uh, and things was going good. You know, he was doing good, you know, got her plum out of his life, and he was trying to do better. And, uh, and then August uh, 4th, his sister died, heart attack. She was 56, just died there in the house right beside him. And uh, anyway, it kind of brought the family back together. Because there was a lot of bad blood from everything that went on. And she kind of brought the family back together and everyone's back talking and everything. And things was pretty good. And, uh, and then eight weeks later, we have the Breathe Conference there at church for the youth. And I remember going Saturday morning, cooking burgers for the youth and praise worship. Had a really good time. Then next Sunday, we show up and finish up. And, and it was a pretty awesome weekend. And anyway, we helped the rig and we're headed down, headed to the house. We get about cruiser's phone rings, picked it up, and it's mom. Hey, I'm up here at the hospital. Your dad's having a heart attack. I said, all right, I'll be there in a minute. And I call Bob Ray, and I text Greg. and We all get up there, and we get to go back there and visit with him for about 20 minutes till the helicopter crew gets there. And anyway, he's talking, and we prayed for him and everything. And anyway, they said, all right, we've got to go. So we go out of the room, they wheel him out, and I see him load him in the helicopter, and he's just talking away like normal, telling, telling some kind of tale. And, Anyway, I told Twan, I said, no big deal, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll run home, get changed, we'll head to Hot National Park in Hot Springs, and when we get there, he'll, uh, they'll put two or three stents in, he'll be good. Anyway, we get over and walk in the door, said, y'all the tedders? Yep, get in here. He didn't make it. He died five minutes before he got to the hospital in the air. And, uh, and that was uh, September 22nd. So anyway, so we're, you know, we're getting through this, and then eight weeks to the day, I'm sitting in my deer stand down at Cherry Hill, and I, all the women are in Fort Smith on a shopping trip, and uh, my phone rings, and I look at it, it says Erica Goss, and I think, oh, crap, something's happened to Twana, so I answer it. She says, hey, something's happened to Beverly, which was my mother-in-law, said, get Steve and get up here. So I gather up my father-in-law, and we fly to Fort Smith fast as we can. We get up there, and anyway, the next day, my mother-in-law dies. So my aunt dies seven weeks to the day my dad dies, eight weeks to the day her mom dies. And I mean, we're just fighting and fighting and just trying to keep our head above water. And the whole time we're being still. We're praising him. We're worshiping him. And it's tough. It is not easy. You know, and, uh, and when, you, when you look at trees, you know, I'm a, I'm a tree man. Pine trees mainly. Roy sells me a bunch. But, uh, but if you go to like the Rich Mountain community at Eagleton, Eagleton Rich Mountain, you get down there, there's trees. They're that big around. They're 60, 80 foot tall, big old trees in the valley there. And then you get to working your way up to the top. Once you get to the top, them trees are fat and short and gnarly. And I'm here to tell you, when I was in that valley, yeah, there's me. That's what I do every day right there. 
That's me cutting the wood. And we got another one of the post peeler running. But that's, that's how you make a fence post right there. Anyway, we shoot about four of them out a minute. So, but, but anyway, when you're in the valley, you get in the valley, the trees are bigger. You know, they grow better and everything. And then when you get up on the mountain, they kind of top out and everything. And I'm, I'm here to tell you, when we was in the valley, we grew. We grew. We learned a lot. And, uh, and it was tough and it was hard. And then, you know, she was having trouble coping with her mom's death. And then she goes for a heart CT because she thinks she's having heart problems. Well, they see a shadow on her lungs. So then we wind up the oncologist and all that. And they're thinking, oh, she's got lung cancer. We've seen this. And we go to praying and praying. And they send us, and as Brother Billy would say, we didn't pray. We prayed. And uh, so anyway, we go, to, we go to Hot Springs, see Dr. Webb, who treated her for a lymphoma back in 05. And uh, he does his own CT, comes back, everything's clear, nothing there. And, and it's like we'd been digging and digging and digging, and then we got, finally got on top of the mountain with a wind. And we got up there, and we just kind of stood still. And we become a short, fat tree. And then, uh, but I mean, we had fought and fought and fought and grown. And then it, when we finally got on top, we just relaxed. And you can't do that. You've got to keep, keep digging, keep pressing on, and keep going. But, uh, but you have to be still. And in Psalms 37, 7, it says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. And I'm not patient, but we patiently waited through everything we went through, through dad, through her mom, you know, through her cancer scare again. And, you know, we was just patient. And it's Psalms 46.10. He says, be still and know that I am God. And you know he's God when, when one CT shows something and another one doesn't three weeks later after you've been praying. And, uh, and then in Exodus 14, 13 through 14, Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, will, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And, and that's an everyday deal. And I struggle every day. Lust is hard. Women don't help us out at all the way they dress and do stuff. <laughs> Lust is hard. But something Victor said a while back has made a difference in my life. He's you, well, around the first of the year, you said, Lord, I give you my eyes. So every morning I'm getting up, when I'm on my knees praying, I'm like, Lord, I give you my eyes, help me. And that has been a huge help for me. And, and I know lust is hard. And, you know, that's what got Dad. It was just a little. And it just kept on growing and growing and growing. And you've got to get on top of it and stay on top of it. And it's hard. And I struggle every day. And I just pray. And I praise Him. And I try to be still and I try to listen. And I have made my stand. I've took a stand. I've dug my heels in. And I'm not going to let the devil push me. I'm going to try and stay in his word. And, uh, and I've moved my time schedule up. I used to sleep in a little bit later. Now I get up a little bit earlier. And, uh, and when I say earlier, I used to get up at like 4.15. Now I'm getting up at 3.45. So I got more time to pray and read my Bible. And it makes a huge difference when you get up you get up out early in the morning, you pray, you read your Bible, you get on your knees when it's just you and it's quiet. It can make a huge difference in your life. 
and, uh, and that's how you have to fight your battles. And we're going to talk a lot about Joshua this weekend. And, uh, you know, Joshua, was, he had to be still. He was Moses' assistant. He went in the promised land, and he come out and said, we can take it. Everybody else said no. He gets to spend 40 years wandering in the wilderness. He gets back. First city they're going to take is Jericho. The Lord says, all right, I want you to do this. He said, start Monday. I want you to go march around it. One time, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Don't say a word. Just go out there and just walk around it. Don't wave at nobody. Just, just be quiet. Walk around it. So he goes out there and he walks around Jericho six times. Doesn't say a word. Or six days in a row. Come Sunday, he said, all right, you can walk around it six times, not say a word. You can walk around the seventh time, you're going to shout. Anyway, all right. So they go walk, 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 lap after lap after lap. You know how many of them are thinking, what's, you know, what's the point in this? Anyway, they, on that seventh lap, they shouted, Lord, help us, hallelujah. Walls just fell down, and they run right in. And they didn't do nothing. It was nothing on their own power. I didn't do the, the battle I have had. The fights I have had, I have not done it on my power. It's the Lord helping me. Because on my own, I can't do anything. And, uh, and it's a phys- it is not a physical fight. It is a spiritual fight. And, uh, and my mom actually gave me this scripture when I graduated. And we have gone over this many times at Forge. But it's the uh, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. And it is the... Uh, armor of the Lord. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. For a struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil and heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may able, be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in your mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And in this it says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Our, it is a spiritual fight, and the Lord is, or the, the devil is after us. He's using lust. He's using alcohol. There's, just, there's a, drugs. There's a ton of things out there he is using to fight within your mind. And if he ever gains a foothold, he can take you over. And, and, it, and you, know, you might be in the Word right now. You might be like Dad. And erosion just over time. Not doing, not staying in His Word. Not checking, you know, doing a self-check on yourself. It'll get against, it will come against you. So you have got to continually fight because He is always after you. And He ain't there to do nothing but to trip you up. And... Uh, and we're only here for one reason, and that's to serve Him. And a lot of people say, what is the meaning of life? You know, that's the question. What's the meaning of life? It's simple, I'll tell you right now. It's to serve Jesus. It's to worship Jesus. It's to praise Him. It's to bow down. That is the meaning of life. If you're searching for it, that is the meaning. And uh, in Hebrews 9, 27 and 28, it says, Just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment, 
So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time not to bear sins, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. So it says right there, you're destined to die. Everybody in here, short of the Lord coming back, you're going to die, you're going to be in the grave. If you don't know Jesus, you're going to be in hell for all eternity. And that's, that's my heart is after seeing dad, what's just happened to him, and then, you know, working with men that aren't men. You know, 55-year-olds that show up can barely walk. They go home at lunch and they come back and they're doing jumping jacks and cartwheels because they got their fix. You know, that's, that is what I see. That's what I deal with. And that's why I have a heart for men and for Forge especially because I don't want to see y'all make the same mistakes others have. I want y'all to be in the Word. I want y'all to find Jesus and seek Him every day because nothing else is important. And like Victor said, we have a hundred things to do. You know, I could, I could stay home, work all weekend, but I want to be right here with y'all. I want to be here helping y'all. I want to be serving, serving y'all and serving Jesus. And uh, if there's somebody here that don't know Jesus, we got several men. I've talked to several men. Will y'all raise your hands? There's several men here that will pray with you. You look around. If you need prayer for anything, uh, these men will pray for you. And, I'm, and, and if you need Jesus, we'll pray for you right now. Because that's all that matters. That's the only reason we're here is to serve Jesus. That's why we're on this earth. And that's why he come, was to die for us. It says he, was, he uh, sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. And if you want your sins forgiven, then ask him into your heart. And like the, these men that raise their hand, we will pray for you right now. So if anybody wants prayed for, if you men, if you don't mind, stand up. And, uh, and if y'all want to, if you want to, if you need to be prayed with, pray with them. If not, I'm going to ask the rest of y'all, we're going to do something a little bit different. I want y'all to find a quiet spot. I want, to, I want you to get on your knees. I know it's going to be uncomfortable. Some of you may not be able to. But I want everybody in this room to scatter around. I want you to get on your knees. And I want you to seek the Lord. I want you to talk to Jesus. I want you to be still and listen for something in your life He might be telling you you need to change that. You need to work on this. You need to just completely get rid of this. Just sit down. Get on your knees. Be still. Seek the Lord. And just listen for that. And it, it's not a booming voice. It's just that still, small whisper in your soul. And uh, as Caleb sings, let's pray for a little while. Thank you so much for listening to this special presentation from The Forge Men's Retreat 2023. If you are interested in looking at some of our other sermons or videos, simply search for Crossing Mina in whatever app you get your podcast from or on youtube.com. Also, we invite you to join us any Sunday morning in Mina, Arkansas at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. See you soon.